0: Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Come on! Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. <laughs>
1: Being a part of New Orleans Saints, being a part with Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, Sean Payton, Coach Joe Lombardi, Coach Pete Carmelker Jr. When you think about that room, it's like a Harvard education in quarterback school.
0: James Winston talking about playing with the Saints, saying all the right things, PK. Certainly did, didn't he? Yep. But that's part of it, yeah, part of being a team, say the right things. Plus, it's a one-year contract. This is all in addition for the rest of the NFL. Getting a new deal in a year the way uh, Bridgewater did. Who knows what team will need a starting quarterback. And honestly, by midseason, maybe the uh, last year it was the Saints who had the injury and Bridgewater came in and won five games for them. They went 5-0. and oh. But... Who's to say that there won't be a team that has injuries midseason and want to trade for a quarterback? And the Saints will be able to get a draft pick. So, hey, the whole league is watching. He threw for 5,000 yards last year. They know it. So we'll see how this plays out for him. He's got the one-year deal to serve as a backup along with Taysom Hill. I wonder if Taysom really does have a chance to start if there's a five-game injury because with a one-year contract, they really are auditioning for the league. I guess if the Saints are off to a good start, you want to you got to do whatever you can to get to the playoffs and the Super Bowl and all that. So play the best guy. But if they feel like it's about the same, they're going to play the guy who will add value down the line. So interesting to see this politics and everything.
1: How will they play out in New Orleans? Well, yeah, I think everybody in the NFL is on a one year contract, though, because these contracts aren't guaranteed. So everyone's playing for everybody at all times. Yeah, even
0: this contract that Taysom signed two years guaranteed. Sixteen million, but gosh, you get deep in the season, then it feels like a one year deal already. So everybody is on edge in the NFL. Hey, after Tom Brady made headlines last week for entering the wrong house while making a surprise visit to Tampa Bay offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, multiple teams inquired as if De Brady and or the Bucks had violated the NFL's dead period prior to the virtual off-season program. The league announced they found no such violations after investigating the claims. So, when the whole league used to get mad at the Patriots for getting away with stuff, was it the Patriots or was it Brady? Maybe it's Brady. He can do no wrong. does seem like he was trying to visit a coach when coaches and players weren't supposed to be in contact. I don't know. What they investigated that made him come up innocent sounded awfully guilty. What do I know? I'm sitting here in the middle of the desert. I'm not in Tampa, but
1: sounded guilty. Yeah, I don't care about that. I care about what happens out on the field. That that stuff off the field, that's for lawyers and, and police and whomever, detectives and NFL security. That's not anything anything I'm interested in.
0: DJ and PK.
1: Hashtag college football.
0: Well, USC has decided that they are not going to have summer school, so they aren't going to have any students on campus into August. And that gets pretty tricky, PK, if you're somehow going to have the football team working out for four to six to eight weeks, whatever they decide, and you're going to kick the season off on time. This really does seem to jam up the start of the college
1: football season, assuming other schools follow USC's lead. I know that with uh, the crosstown rival there, the Bruins, they're on a quarter system. So they don't have anybody on campus until the uh, third week of September. And they've never had a season delayed. So I'm not sure one has to follow the other.
0: NCA has called a press conference for this morning to share an update on their name, image, and likeness working group proposals that were reportedly presented to the NCA's Board of Governors. Among the proposals will be allowing student-athletes to hire an agent to help career marketing opportunities so long as that agent does not seek professional sports opportunities for the client during his or her college career. That part could just be understood. Seems like this is past due, past, to, uh, past the time that this should have happened finally getting there. I would agree with that, yeah. Pay them. Give them as much money as you possibly get. And 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 now they can, because now if you're any of the schools who got in trouble, a lot of that was around shoe apparel stuff, so you just line up a contract. Oh, this guy's worth this much to Nike or Adidas or Under Armour or whoever, and you can slide them all the money, and now stuff that was suddenly illegal is legal, and there's nothing fishy. It may not be well publicized, but whatever booster can pay anybody to do whatever, and it seems like now there's a workaround to any rule, and so there's, if they announce this, then what any player is getting, it seems like, can be explained away and legitimized in a heartbeat. (laughs) Fine.
1: Go ahead. I'm all for it.
0: Navy coach Ken Nui-Matalolo has been quarantined in Hawaii during the COVID-19 pandemic. He owns a house in Hawaii, arrived in the islands in March during spring break, and decided to remain there for the past two months while waiting out the stay-at-home orders. Well, since everything's being done by Zoom, does it matter where he is anyway? No. Might as well be in Hawaii. All right. TCU head coach Gary Patterson working with a recording artist on a music album during the COVID-19 pandemic. He refused to divulge many details of the forthcoming album or who he's working with. But he said he's been busy writing music since he was young and never took the time to record his music due to his busy schedule. I hear this news and all I can think of is him on the BCS selection show. I think they were playing Boise State in a Fiesta Bowl. And he just had the frog in his arm because he just screamed himself hoarse. And now he's going to be singing? Does it every game? Okay. Did he say Did he say he was going to be singing or did he say he was going to be recording music? He's working with a recording artist. He may not sing. Maybe he'll just be sitting back there on the drums. There's part of me that oh, wants Gary think...
1: Patterson to sing, though. Come on, Gary. buck well, it out. I, I think the obvious question is, what should Kyle and Kalani and Gary be doing? <laughs> I like it. Because I always thought Kyle, I thought he should just work with your Channel 2 noon guy who does the cooking stuff. I think it would be a great compliment <laughs> one to another. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, let's suggest that to him next time he's on. Yak, remember that. We'll forget. Will you forget? We've got to do something.
1: Yeah. No, no. No, I've thought, about, I've thought this for years. I thought the two of them, like Ron and Mary, uh-huh. what's the cooking guy's name? Bob and Kyle? What, I don't know his name. <laughs> Chef Bob. Jeff Bob? Yeah.
0: Oh, man. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. It's different for us because, you know, we were down to 17 games, but we were out of the playoffs. And it feels like the end of the season for our team. It just does. And we don't know anything officially. There's still a chance the league could ask us to come back and play some games. But given what we went through this season with all the injuries and the tough record, it's been more of the case of we're staying in touch with guys, but everybody is just sort of assuming that you know, this is this is kind of it. We're not going to be involved much anymore. That's Steve Kerr, Warriors head coach, and that uh, that makes sense to me. If the if the NBA is going to be able to pull off a July and August playoff in Las Vegas. I get that they would want some regular season games before they started the playoffs, six or eight or ten of them. I can't imagine they're going to have time to play out the whole 82-game season. So just a handful of games. Basically call them regular season games, but essentially they'd be preseason games. But it makes sense to me that they wouldn't be taking more than 16 20 teams tops, maybe just the 16 playoff teams to Vegas, because the more people you take down there, the more complicated it gets, and the more that uh, you risk taking someone down there who's positive, who spreads it to somebody else, or picks it up and gives it to somebody else, so I wouldn't be surprised if they left off the 10 to 12 to 14 teams at the bottom of the standings. I think he's probably right. I think their season probably is done.
1: Well, it depends on how they're going to have to play it. Uh, This preseason would be pre-playoff is what you're saying, I guess. Yeah, right. So uh, do they get an advantage for the following season? Because that's what's something I don't want to see happen, where they get an advantage. Because they suck this year, and this year doesn't really count because it's a screwy year. But it sets them up for down the road. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the way to go either.
0: Yeah, and I would get that if it did set them up, but I don't know if not playing from March until whenever the next season starts, November, December, uh, would be that big an advantage. Maybe it would be. Maybe some other team okay, could figure out how that would
1: so be. so then those players, as long as none of the Warriors receive any money from it, they don't get paid.
0: Uh... Yeah, I don't know how they're going to work out checks the rest of the season. I mean, the fact is that the league does get the bulk of its TV money for its playoff games, and a lot of players who don't play in it do get a share of that money. So, I don't know. I think I'm going back to what you said during the NFL. When you get that deep into it, I'll just let the lawyers and the accountants work it out, and whatever they come up with is great. Five-star point guard. Nick's Nix decommitted from UCLA. Instead, he plans to sign a contract with the NBA's G League Pathway program as he prepares for the NBA draft in 2021. He joins top prospects Jalen Green and Isaiah Todd and opting to sign with the G League rather than go to college. So a lot of guys are going to want to sample this. We'll see if it works out in the long run. In the long run, maybe they'll lower the draft age to 18. So for some of these elite guys, they'd just be going straight to a team. So...
1: Well, I like how the G League just sets it up because this is the first kid who's actually signed a letter of intent. The other two hadn't, so they had made no commitment. So sure, yeah, I'll go to the prom with you unless I can find a better date, who's somebody who's a little, a little cuter than you. And then, well, sorry, I'm gonna go. So that's a good, great message to be sending the young people. Hey, you sign this letter of intent, but something else comes along that's better. Screw uh, Mick Cronin. You know he. He now suffers because he could have been recruiting somebody else. Now he doesn't have you, and he doesn't have the somebody else. But think- you get what you want, and you go against what you said you would do. That's a great, great message for a professional league to send the young guys. I like it a lot. It sucks for the uh, the college coach who who is caught
0: in that bind. But I think college baseball coaches have been claim- complaining about this forever with the draft. They draft, they re- they recruit guys. And they get him signed, but then the guy gets drafted and he hits the road. And you can kind of figure out with the top guys that they're going to be gone all along, but there are some other guys who are kind of on the bubble, and college baseball coaches get jammed up. And now college football coaches are going to be caught holding the bag because what you said could have come
1: right out of the mouth of a college baseball coach. Well, yeah, but they, the thing about that is they, haven't, they know full well going in that that's the rule. They, so there's no surprise. As this is so the first time now, this is a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And so Cronin's trying to build a program over there in Westwood. And so he spends all his time and energy into that. And obviously one basketball kid can make a significant difference yep. as opposed to one baseball kid where you need 30 guys on a team to fulfill your roster, to play all your games that you play. I get your point, though. There is some, some similarities there, very much so. And maybe that's just the way that it's going to be. And as I said yesterday, I I just don't understand why college basketball sets up its own rules to benefit the professional league. It just makes no sense. And we saw that uh, your guy, Timmy Allen for Utah, I haven't seen. He didn't send me the rundown, so I haven't seen the list. So I don't know if that's on the list next. But, uh, you know, he put his name in. Uh, I saw it in both newspapers yesterday yesterday. Along with Gotch, and I guess Furlski, he put his name in there. It's according to Sorensen, wrote it I think in the D News, and but they have to take their name out by June 3rd. Why? Well, what? That's a that's not an NBA rule, right? That, that's a college rule. That that rule makes no sense. That just. If they well, draft accept you and you want to go, go. If they don't, then you come back. Well, I think what they're trying to overcome, although I don't think it completely
0: overcomes it, but maybe it does partially, is what you said about having certainty about who's on the roster and who's not. you got to tell us if you're going or not, because if you're going, then at least they can, use, they can try and use the transfer market over the summer to get somebody to replace you. And I don't think that... You really can get guys. If Let's assume that Timmy Allen and, and Booth Gotch both decide, I'm turning pro, I'm out, I'm gone, blow a kiss, hit the road. In theory, you could go into the transfer portal and find replacements, but I, I'm just not convinced that most coaches can pull that off, that there are guys that good who want to come to your school. What are the odds? Once in a while, maybe a coach does hit on something like that, but I think most of the times, uh, coach and the coaching staff's left holding the bag anyway.
1: Yeah, well, then Johnny gets his scholarship cut, so it goes back to the coach. Sure, I'll give you a scholarship, just like I just said with the high school player. Yeah, but I found somebody better than you, so you're out the door. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's essentially, as, as I understand it, I'm not guaranteed on this, but I think that that's how Barcelo at BYU got eligible because Arizona wasn't going to give him a scholarship anymore so the NCAA allowed him to be eligible immediately and not have to sit out because he didn't have a scholarship so basically they took the scholarship away so either way it's going to be dirty and slimy because they're going to figure out ways to whatever's in my best benefit is what I'm going to do DJ and PK Hashtag Major League Baseball
0: There's a report in USA Today that Major League Baseball officials have become cautiously optimistic that this week the season will start in late June, no later than July 2nd, playing at least 100 regular season games, according to three executives with knowledge of the talks. So not two sources, three. And on top of that, Major League Baseball is considering a three-division 10-team plan in which teams play only within their division. That's a concept gaining support among owners and executives. It would abolish the traditional American and National Leagues and realign the divisions based on geography. Teams would play games in their home stadiums. So that would be uh, not what I expected. And, of course, that means that uh, you're largely going to be playing games in your own time zone. What you're really going to eliminate is... When the West Coast teams, you know, the, the Dodgers, the Giants, whoever, go back east, they won't have 435 games. And when the East Coast teams come out, and you lived in Jersey, you know all about this, if the Yankees or the Mets or the Red Sox or whoever are on the road, they wouldn't have 1035 games when a lot of people have gone to bed and can't stay up until 1 in the morning to watch them play baseball. So the games to be in prime time, and presumably then their local TV packages would all be worth a lot more money.
1: Yeah, I follow your point there. I think that it's important in this situation to be as creative as you possibly can to whatever is set up for the best possible situation under these funky, uh, I don't know, rules, but situations in which we live in. So I think that as I read that yesterday, it seems to me that, which should be the case at these pro leagues and MLB uh, being right there, and we've got the other ones uh, doing their thing too, that they're doing everything possible to figure out a way to play in whatever uh, form that might be. And to me, that's great news as a sports fan. So this way I know that if it doesn't happen and fill-in-the-blank sport, whatever sport that might be, if it doesn't get played, it's because it absolutely couldn't get played. And they have done everything in their power. Because these guys here, you know, I I question – doctor of fill in the blank you know what's the political motive here you know we have an election coming up and so i don't trust and it's it's sad to say having been in the media but i don't trust the media now because in my day when i was growing up cnn was something that i could trust now it's obviously biased and there's bias on both sides. So I'm not picking sides. I'm just saying that it's bias. So, but the thing about the sports is there's money involved. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter what your political persuasion is. You want money. And and so here you probably have folks from both sides. So and my point is, I don't think there's a political agenda because money's at stake. And so these sports are trying to get back in whatever shape or form that they possibly can get back. And if they can't, it won't be because of political reasons. It'll because of health reasons, which is sh- the way it should be. So if we don't have them for a good long while and seasons are cancelled or what have you, at least I would know it wouldn't be for some political motivation. But I do expect, in some form, there to be MLB at some point this summer. I could be totally wrong, but maybe that's what I'm just hoping as opposed to expecting. But at least I know they're trying to the best of their ability.
0: Well, I assume that they're trying because there is a lot of money at stake, there are a lot of jobs at stake, uh, if they don't play, there'll be more pay cuts, there'll be more layoffs. So I think everybody's motivated to try to figure out something that works. I guess several things come out of this that, that get me thinking, well, what's the next step? Because we heard the governor of California, at press conference, say he doesn't see NFL football in the fall. So you don't see NFL football in the fall, but you see Major League Baseball. Now maybe, you know, with five baseball teams in California, five Major League Baseball teams in California, counting the Padres, the Quadruple A team, ba da uh, you know, they run some plan past the, the governor as far as how many people are going to be in the, in the stadium and how they're going to be spread out, and this is going to work. Uh, the other thing is, I've heard the three-division, 10-team plan that's been floating out there forever. This is a great example of what Bob Costas said. Hey, if you want to try something, try it now. This season isn't going to look like a normal season anyway, so who cares at who, at how abnormal it turns out to be? But if you're going to play 10 teams, they really do want that the tea, the games lining up when the most fans can watch them so they want a lot of 7 and 7:30 first pitches well, right now there's only 8 teams in the Pacific and Mountain time zones right there's five teams in California and you got Seattle Colorado and Arizona so those eight would be this you know of the three western three divisions you'd have an east to west and some type of central right so there's been talk forever about baseball in Portland and Vegas Now, maybe if you're just doing a one-year sample, you could probably just put Houston and Texas in, right? Put the Rangers and the Astros in, and you got your 10. But if they're really going to do this long-term, I'd be a little surprised, and maybe they will do it. You know, maybe the Rangers and Astros just have to bite the bullet and travel two time zones. But it seems like they're trying to eliminate that kind of stuff. So if they're going to do this in the long run, baseball's coming to Portland and Vegas. I mean, we would prefer Portland and Salt Lake or Salt Lake and Vegas, but it seems like there's momentum for Portland and Las Vegas. So two teams moving, to me, would be a really big deal. And everybody will look at Tampa Bay because their dome's a nightmare. You know, maybe Miami? Are they the other team? I don't know. But you keep your eye on that. Uh, If they're going to do this in the long run, and I think there's a lot of reasons why they want to, tradition is the reason not to do it because it wrecks the American League and the National League. But to your point about making money, PK, that's those local TV deals could be worth a lot more money. Think what the Dodgers or Yankees could get if they're playing all their games at 7 o'clock instead of playing at 4.30 and 1030. You know, that, that's a lot of cash on the table right there. Top of the wire, brought to you by excuse me, what is trending, brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Brian Howell, Colorado Buffalo's beat writer for the Buff Zone and the Boulder Daily Camera. We'll talk with him at 830 and Christian Capel covers the Washington Huskies for the Athletic. Our spring football tour. Stay with us. That's on the way on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show. Craig Bullerjack. Steve Kerr said that he and the Warriors are moving into off-season mode. In fact, they even had season-ending interviews. now I were talking about that. That actually makes some sense because Golden State is not going to the playoffs. Maybe they've been tipped that if they were going to pick up this season, it would be in playoff mode. So that would mean maybe he knows something that isn't known publicly. It makes sense. But, yeah, sooner or later, right, guys, you have to move forward in some way. And I, I would think if you know you're not going to be a part of the postseason, then go ahead and look forward to the draft and hopefully what's ahead hopefully it's not that far down the road, but you never know. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Question of the morning. What do you think of the NCAA allowing the uh, kids to make cash off their likeness? Austin is all about it. I think it's fantastic, and that means NCAA football is coming back to video game systems. Austin, taking it right to what does it mean for me? That's good. You guys all make your money over there. Can I play my video games? Let's go.
1: You glossed over.
0: It's the kids. I'm sorry. I didn't give it the right emphasis on the, on, on the right syllable. Rene and the kids. <laughs> I didn't know that Joe read this. <laughs> what do you think of the NCAA allowing the kids to make cash off of their likeness? Austin says they could charge $100 for NCAA 14 and people would pay it. Oh, he says, I'm lucky I still have NCAA 14. I guess it would be NCAA 2020, NCAA 2021, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, That was the last year they made the game. And now they can update the rosters annually. Austin's all about it. He already sees a path forward.
1: Austin's my kind of guy because I do the exact same thing he does. Lucrative! Okay, so who would have to pay the kids in that situation, the makers and owners and distributors of the video games? Because we see in a situation where you sell T-shirts or jerseys and it's obvious who is going to pay them or if you come down and do an advertisement for a car dealer and all that type of stuff. But in this video game world, how is that going to work? Interesting.
0: Will the NCAA try to route it through them and take a cut? And be the middleman and get a percentage, because then you put it on the books, and then you've got to uh, do you have to start worrying about Title Nine. Although I've heard lots of stuff about how they worry <clears throat> about Title Nine these days, uh, or do they just a it just goes straight through and they tell the players to have agents and it's it's off the school books, you know, and the, and the school isn't getting a cut as the as the middleman. I don't know how I don't Is know that the some- answer to that we have to we have to ask some athletic directors. Or some agents? How that? That's what out. I
1: would prefer. What? I don't want Title Nine to get involved because then the then never put it on the school books. Athletes, yeah, never. Ma- put it on male the- athletes are going to get screwed if the, once Title Nine gets involved because of the sheer number of football. Your sport is in jeopardy. It's just the way it is. Whether you like Title Nine or whether you don't like Title Nine, that's not the point. The reality is, is very few, if any, women's sports are getting cut, whereas men's sports gets cuts. It's because of football and the imbalance that that stuff creates. And I'm all for women playing sports. I've got no problem with it. Encourage it as much as possible. Uh, but you know, I don't know that uh, just because I get something, that means you should get something when the public doesn't really care about what you do and the public really cares a lot about what I do. So it's it- not really the, the way it should be do it off the books then and then that wouldn't be a factor Um,
0: it it seems like there's ways around that and I think you can figure them out pretty quickly good but the NCAA will want to cut (laughs) so so we'll see Uh, they'll definitely try to to figure that part of it out Uh, Tanner says I think it kind of stinks that we're to this point in collegiate sports but it is totally fair to the player so Tanner, why does it kind of stink? I guess Tanner just doesn't like change. I I read that, and I didn't know what else to come up with. I thought the same thing you thought. Well, why does it stink? If it's fair to the player, what the heck? I mean, it's going to be fair to the business, right? Uh, they're going to want to give the money to the player to do whatever advertising, whether it's cutting TV or radio ads or something, or or, or showing up for autographs. We, we've seen jazz players have shown up for autographs at, at businesses, and the you know, jazz kind of do it and hook up a sponsor right and, and it leads to a massive turnout I mean they got to think about the logistics and security because tons of people show up now how often could you say that about a college player right NBA players are a little different they don't necessarily move through a town as fast especially the star players And have more fans because there's one NBA team in the town as opposed to, well, I guess two in L.A. and New York. But you get the point. One in most towns. Uh, And and you've got multiple colleges splitting up the you know, the fan base.
1: It's not quite the same thing. No, it's not. Yeah, I understand your point. I do think that uh, I would hope that somehow maybe the maybe they leave it to the institution level to set up some type of educational platform in this because these kids they already have hanger honors and we've seen it in basketball with uh, the AAU folks and the posses and all this stuff that latch themselves on to kids who are identified pretty much at 14 and 15, whether you're going to be a professional ball player or not, whether you can make the NBA. Mm-hmm. not It doesn't hold true all the time, but you know, Sports Illustrated was doing a story on Pace Mannion's kid when the kid was like 14 or 15 years old, if I remember, a few years back. So it was obvious he was identified as a potential future NBA player and then look like they're going to be right. And we've seen Bryce Harper and obviously LeBron. And those are extreme cases. But there's lesser cases there. Whether they make it or not, I don't know. But the point is they get a lot of people that then want to be in their circle because that kid can provide them with money. And so now you'd have that opportunity here where fill-in-the-blank player comes to your school with such, preceded by such fame particularly if he plays quarterback, and my gosh, the Elite 11 ranking thing, which seems like 150 guys got the Elite 11 ranking. I don't know how that works, but it seems like it's way more than 11 guys yeah, It is you know, with these camps. And they're already it's, – it's already a moneymaker to begin with before they even get there. And so then you start giving them a cut, and how many hanger honors do they get, and do they have the maturity and the education – And the prospects there. There was a a a a female that was hanging around U of U basketball, and the joke was, well, who's going to have her baby? Whose baby is she going to have? Eventually, it happened, and she went through players, as I was told the story, and I I, I saw the person, and it happened, and uh, so. How's that going to be? Because then you got that set up, and we see that at the professional ranks if you go to any of these games. And certainly when I was going to Laker games down in the form, I mean, my goodness, they were lining up. (laughs) And, and, you know, there's a uh, thing on DeAndre Hopkins in Sports Illustrated. I read it yesterday uh, about uh, him. You know, he's a receiver now, got traded from Houston to to, uh, the Cardinals. You know, he's got three children through three different women. Now he can afford it and all that stuff. That's great. Uh, but for those who can't, and you're, you're not making that kind of money, I wouldn't think, you know, all the traps that go into receiving money, I would hope there'd be some way to educate these young people to be aware of all these things. Because you're going to give them money, and that sounds great. That's awesome. Give them money. But doesn't come without a price. <laughs> I mean, everything has a price. And you have to be aware of these things. And so I would hope there would be some type of thing, some format to set up so we give them X amount of money where we think we're solving or helping a problem, whatever that problem might be if it's financial. But in the process, we could be creating 10 other problems that maybe we didn't anticipate if we give this player fill in the blank this X amount of money. See what I'm saying there? So it makes me a little nervous. That doesn't mean that I don't think they should get it, because I do. But I'm just concerned about other issues that could develop once the player has the money.
0: What you're referring to is a syndrome that has a name. This is a real thing. It's happened a million times. You're referring to the law of unintended consequences. Something will happen, and you will fix one problem, but that doesn't mean that there are no more problems. It just creates other issues in other places. Uh, and there are too many scenarios for, our, for us to list about the way that youth sports is a business and kids are a product. Okay, so just one way, you're right. Uh, you know, NBA players, NFL players... Major League Baseball players, they go through these um, rookie-type seminars, and they have a lot of stuff laid out for them. You know, traps, what's gone wrong. And they can use the careers of other players. And it's women, it's drugs, it's fame, it's whatever. There's a, there's a gazillion traps. Uh, and so for the high-end college players, I think all those issues have to be addressed. Now, some of them, and, and somebody just did a story, and maybe you remember who it was, PK. Somebody just did a story. And I think it was during the you know downtime with no games uh, with coronavirus about um, how Kyle Whittingham has a program and he puts players through a bunch of life skills stuff. And maybe it was a player who's leaving for the draft who was talking about it. And and they go into everything, right? Um, how do you how do you balance a checkbook, right? How do you keep track of your money in a bank account? How do you um, uh, get insurance? Uh, what? How does insurance work? Why would you need it? Uh, I mean, there's just all kinds of life skills these guys get, and so, and I assume that Kyle's not the only one doing it. And if somebody's coaching tree spreads out, I assume that similar programs would go to other schools. So this stuff's just going to have to get beefed up even more because football players are already high profile, and they're about to be a lot more high profile because. If this thing, if this is what we think it is and it gets announced how we think it's going to get announced, uh, you know, these people are going to be doing ads and they're going to be put up on websites. Uh, They're going to be on digital media. They're going to be on traditional TV. They're going to be all over the place. They're going to be on billboards. You know, they're going to be all over the place. And the more famous and rich you make somebody, then the more there are going to be people thinking, how do I separate that person from their money?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, so what and, are they going to do about that?
0: Right. And, and to the point about youth sports, when the coronavirus thing happened, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, youth sports, you got 10 million-ish people applying for unemployment. A lot of them are coming out of the youth sports industry. It's an industry. And $25 billion estimated. And think about all the money parents pay to sign up for leagues. Think of all the gear they buy. To uh, outfit them for whatever sport, right? You need gloves and bats for baseball. You need uh, pads for football. You need whatever. Then think of all the travel, all the money that's spent on travel teams, meals, hotels. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. There have been there have been towns that have built fields for whatever sport or a combination of sports, so that they can you know create tourism and host it. Um, Cooperstown's famous because of the Hall of Fame, and certainly they've got a bunch of baseball fields. But the Field of Dreams people, we did a story, we did the story when it was a big deal about how uh, they have the field from the movie still there. But now that nearby they've built like 16 or 18 diamonds or something, you know. So there are always people trying to make money off, off young athletes. And if the young athletes are going to start making more money, how are they not going to double down on this? Of course they are. A wide range of people are. Yeah, I agree. But it doesn't mean we yeah. shouldn't. It doesn't mean that these students no. shouldn't have the ability to go out and do a car ad if they want. And if it pops up on your phone when you're playing some game or uh, checking for scores or headlines or when you're watching highlights on TV or during a game. I mean, I guess we'll have a scenario going forward where you'll be watching a big game, right? An Alabama star player. I have a bank ad in the game. <laughs> Why not? If it's a big enough star, Tua got to be a pretty big star there at the end. Why wouldn't some company have it? You know, right? you're watching a Bama game, and a Bama player shows up. That wouldn't that wouldn't be that odd.
1: Uh, it wouldn't be no, because it's it's an, it's the logical next step in the progression of what we're having here, and the idea of giving the player more freedom, more access, more of a cut. You know, I think that's the essence of it. Uh, Does it water it down and what's its extreme, uh, most innocent purpose was supposed to be? Yeah, I suppose. But if you're on the inside to any degree, you realize that has been obliterated a million times over. And that's just the way it is. So... Uh, Why not bring it more out of the closet, so to speak? I don't know that you're ever going to regulate it completely and everything is going to be completely above board and all that stuff. I think that's probably impossible because you're dealing with too many people. And the emphasis on winning is so great. You know, that's, that's where, to me, that's where I diverge. I'm all in with a sports fan who's passionate and loves it and is a significant part of his or her life. I'm all for that. But the result of the particular game, that's where I stop. And, and I don't really go down that road to where somehow if uh, a college team wins a ball game, that that just really improves the quality of my life. That's, I've never really had that type of thing. But I'm all for the fun of it and the excitement and the participation and the enjoyment. It doesn't mean you're not happy when your team wins. I understand all that. But to want to do something... Uh, that is unsavory to help my team win that that's sort of ridiculous but that stuff is going on i understand that it goes on in recruiting trips go it goes on in every possible form and so maybe this way he could clean it up to a degree recognizing that you know it's probably only a small degree and really, when you think about it, you know, you bring up the Tua situation. Sure, he was wildly popular. He came off the bench a couple of years back and led them to the title, and that was thrilling to see. And then he catapulted most likely into the number one most recognizable athlete in the state of Alabama at that point and became the most famous kid almost to the point of overnight. And so that's a maybe an extreme example but the same thing is uh, happening over there up the road in uh, South Carolina with with uh, Lawrence and Clemson you know because they don't have any professional sports in their state either right or not a major league anyway i'm sure they have the minor stuff whatever it might be but at the major level and so he's probably the same thing there he's probably the most recognizable thing uh, athlete, And you got Sweeney, who's built the program there. I think he took over, what, uh, probably 12 years ago. And, wow, what a program he's built. And he's been compensated for building that incredible pro- program. And these kids, they're receiving all sorts of benefits in terms of the facilities that are being built and have been built, because we've seen that with what Clemson has. And that's great. But, uh, you know, a slide or a hot tub in your locker or whatever it might be, it's not really putting money in your pocket and so if you can find a way to do that, and they can benefit financially because of so much that they bring into it, I am 100% all for it. Yeah, I can
0: totally see some airline that would, could have offered, uh, could have had Tua uh, do a spot for, uh, you know, bargain rates or whatever, airfare to Hawaii, right? He's from Hawaii. It's a famous story. And there's a, there's a million businesses that will be capitalizing trying to align themselves with these athletes, certainly in football and men's basketball. You know the other stuff we'll have to see. I, I think in some towns there'll be some small stuff for them, but not not the, not the big stuff that's going to be out there for the highest uh, highest profile football and men's basketball players. But who's to say that we won't see Weber State football players on billboards in Ogden? I mean, it's, I think there's something. You you went to Northern Arizona in Flagstaff, and I went to UC Santa Barbara. Now Santa Barbara's got a a limit on. Uh, on billboards, and they only have like four of them, but there's still all kinds of digital ads they could be doing. There's TV and radio stations in Santa Barbara, and is there TV? Are there local TV stations in Flagstaff, or do they get Phoenix TV, or both?
1: Yeah, I think they had one. I think it's both. Yeah. I think though, for the uh, situation there with the lesser sports, say like tennis, well, there could be a player who's connected with a, a tennis academy locally, so it may not resonate across the entire city of a metropolitan area or whatever city you're in, for that matter, if it's a small town or, you know, a big town. But there's something there... For that type of player, it wouldn't be on the level of right. the famous quarterback, but there could still be a slice of even it's a much smaller slice of the pie for some tennis player to come and make an appearance for little kids who are into tennis, and there's certainly enough of them. They're smaller, and they don't get the publicity, but you know there are tennis academies out there, and I just use that as an example. And so the, the college players, you know, when you're 10 years old, a college player – you he know, might not even be able to notice much difference between a college player and a, and a professional tennis player because you're 10 years old and everybody over 20 looks like they're, you know, yeah, an adult, old time adults. Right. Team, so you don't you don't really understand <laughs> it. Or that person could also too uh, create his own or her own little business, maybe. And you give tennis lessons. You know, every single uh, ex-BYU player wants to teach you how to be whatever in Utah County and if you played football or basketball, and the parents flock. I mean, we've seen so many of these guys try to make money after the fact. Yep. And good for them. I've got no problem with that. Great. If you can create some type of business for yourself, awesome. But why not be able to do it while you're in college? Because that's when you have your height and your popularity. As people in media, you're in the media spotlight as opposed to when you graduate and you're not good enough to play in the NFL, but you still know you're stuck and you're articulate enough to be able to teach it, why can't you do it as your sophomore year? Why do you have to wait till your eligibility is exhausted? That really doesn't make sense to me.
0: So when you step up to the fifth tee at Bonneville, you can just look over to your right there and find out who the star player is at the University of Utah tennis team. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, why not? Because uh, is it? Co- it's Coach Mike's Academy, right? Right
1: there. Right off the fifth yeah. tee. Yeah. And if they had some players there and that can help draw more kids into that particular Academy uh, is uh, I, you know that's what you're saying yeah and so then that so you, you get this kid over man or woman she, he or she comes over and then you get X amount of kids that want to be a part of that and yeah, yeah. I, I actually I think that's great I, that's easy that's an easy way to do it and they should be allowed to do that for sure.
0: Alright, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. we we'll look forward to that uh, press conference. Uh, it's coming up. Uh, you know what time it is? It's later this morning. It's actually going on right now. It is going on now yeah. with the time difference. You go to Twitter, you can kind of catch all the different details coming out from it. Alright, DJ and PK, what you watching? Coming up next, Brian Hal, Colorado Buffalo's beat writer, our spring football tour. We'll talk with him about all the changes in Colorado and how things are working out there. And then Christian Capel covers the Washington Huskies for The Athletic. He's here at 9 o'clock 975 at 1280 the zone
1: Now let's get this party started
0: This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network.
1: I am so sick and tired of seeing social media make this run that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to handle this like a professional, and he's going to mistreat Jordan Love, and this is a mess that they've caused, and this is a wasted pick. No, no, no.
0: They felt like Jordan Love was the quarterback of the future. They felt like it was worth the first-round gamble, and I agree with them, and I think it's going to be handled well. Everybody wants to think a locker room is all warm and fuzzy, but it's not for him to go out there and say, okay, let's get you up to speed and let's do this and this and this. And so are you going to go out of your way to help develop this guy to take your job? Probably not. I wouldn't. It's up to Jordan Love to get himself ready to play. It's up to the coaches to develop Jordan Love. It's not Aaron Rodgers' job. Hanson Scotting Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. You know, I know that there aren't games on and we're all looking at some way to fill that time. And I was channel surfing last night, seeing what I could drop in on, what documentaries, old games were out there. But PK, when I was flipping through the channels, and I stopped on ESPN2, I realized this morning I wasn't going to talk about what I did watch. I was going to talk about what? There's no chance I'm ever watching. ESPN2 was replaying the fourth to the seventh rounds of the NFL draft. No, no, no. I will never be bored enough to rewatch a draft. There's just no chance. I mean, I've got I got to draw a line at some point, and I'm definitely drawing it there. Keep moving. <laughs> Replaying the NFL draft? I was like, come on. You guys, you're going to have to have a Zoom meeting and come up with a better idea, ESPN. you got access to a gazillion shows. Replaying the NFL
1: draft? No. The fourth of which, the seventh rounds? Come on. Which year, though? This year. It was this uh, year's draft. See, if it would have been 2017, I think I would have been in. <laughs> Why? Oh, man, are you kidding me? The 4th or the 7th rounds out of 17? You should go. You should go, I'm not going to tell you. You just go back and see. And then I think after you spend the 5 hours watching it, you'll agree with me. Actually, it would be a little longer than that because it would be 3 rounds. So, you know, the 6-7 hours, I, th- I think you'd agree with me. So make that your assignment.
0: So the other thing I did was a uh, Zoom call with uh, family members uh, that I had not seen in a long time. Nieces, nephews, cousins. Aunts and uncles. Uh, that was pretty fun there. I, I'd have to add it up, but I think there were more than 20 of us. I'm pretty sure there were more than 20 of us on the call. Uh, it got a little confusing at the time. I think I got a headache at some point as everyone started talking and going on. But uh, that, that was pretty fun, and it was inspired. I thought, okay, Scotty set up a Zoom call for us on Friday night just for the radio station staff. And there was enough fun stuff, you know, catching up, and I, I had not seen your new dog And you, you know, basically going all Will Ferrell hollering upstairs at your wife. It was total canned comedy. Sketch comedy at the Kennehan household. Hey, Ma! Meatloaf! That was pretty funny. So I decided, all right, so now I'm going to have to get the other side of the family together and do a Zoom call here in another week or two. I'm going to have to gear up. I just can't sit here and watch draft reruns and blow off family. That doesn't seem right.
1: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but this segment was created on the premise of what did you watch last night, not Correct. what did you do last night?
0: Correct. Right, but I watch. It's still screen time, PK. It's <laughs> the 21st century. you got to move forward. I just don't watch ABC, NBC, and CBS like it's 1970 or 80 or so whatever. You watch Zoom? Screen time. Screen time. Yeah, that was my screen time. You watch TV on your computer, not just on your TV, I, I right? Mean,
1: we're, we're, we're going to need a ruling on that because I think that's nebulous. I think you're crossing the line. The old segment's nebulous.
0: <laughs> well, this is nebulous sir. <laughs> That's true, it is. I, I'll actually just plead
1: guilty. We don't need a ruling. It is nebulous, sir. nebulous-er. Okay. What'd you watch? Actually, I had a good time last night. It was one of the better nights yeah. in this entire process. I watched a little bit of Serena. They were doing the undefeated, and they, they've got an agenda, obviously. And my man Common was interviewing her, and he kept trying to push the uh, the uh, role model Black athlete thing But that's their Whole premise So I didn't have Any problem with that So I watched A little bit of that And then I flipped Over to NBA TV And they actually Had a really good Interview Henry Johnson Was doing with Dirk Nowitzki And you know Obviously they Weren't in the same Room But uh, wherever Dirk was I assume he was In Dallas And he was just Talking about things And it was it was Not an old one it, I, mean, they, I don't know When they taped it But they taped it During this time Of what we're Going through right now And so he could speak to what was happening in his life. And the thing I took away from that was that, and he played a long time, and he's very, very content in where his life is now. Because he played, he won a title, and he played a long time. He played in one city. He really had a storybook career when you think about it. And he's one of the few guys that you could say, he's Mr. Maverick. In a town, in a state that is so football-dominated, obviously, uh, Dirk has risen above that. And he's recognized. It's not the same as being Troy Aikman or whomever it might be, Stallback, or, you know, for the Cowboys, obviously. But for his sport at the NBA level, he is Mr. Maverick. And that's really cool for him, having that opportunity to do what he did coming over from Germany, a foreign guy no less, obviously, and creating just, a as I say, a storybook career and he's just sitting there, joking, carrying on. He was humble because Ernie's trying to put him up there with some of the, you know, the all-time greats. And he's an all-time great himself, no question. But you know, just like whoa, let's you know, halt the uh pump the brakes on that type of stuff. You know? Who did he? That's, who who are they comparing him to, and who did he not want to be compared to? Well, just everybody, the greatest of the greats. Who, who are in that, you know, Larry so, Bird. Oh, uh,
0: uh, really? I was trying to, they've tried to put him uh, on the... Karl Malone, uh, Charles Barkley, uh, you know. Uh, but
1: see, I think that, those comparisons could be legit. Yeah, I could see those. Yeah, I know, but, yeah. but that's the, my, my point is that he was humble about it. He's like, well, yeah. of course, he was like, of course I, I should be, I'm the greatest, you know. It's just, the, the whole, rather than the, the words that were coming out of his mouth, it's just this whole contentment of where he is in life is what I took from it. No matter what he was talking about, and it was a really cool interview, and I enjoyed watching it. I hadn't seen it, but it was obviously, it was. I don't know if that was the first time they showed it, or it's been replayed, or what have you, but it's the first time I saw it, and I really enjoyed watching it. And then, after that, I stayed with it. They did a thing called What If, and, I, and they had a few of them, and I watched two of them. And they were – it really stretched it because they had – remember that Robert Ory shot? Mm -hmm. Uh, Vladi tips the ball back uh, and he makes the three. Well, if that ball isn't tipped and Ory doesn't make that shot, the Kings go up 3-1 going back to Sacramento in that situation. Obviously, they would have only needed one game, and the Lakers would have needed three, right? We understand that. Well, they extrapolated. If that play doesn't happen, and Vladi doesn't tap the ball out to Ori, who happens to be standing alone at the three-point line, makes the shot, and they win the ball game by one... That the Kings not only win that series, but then they probably win that finals because that was the year the Lakers just ran roughshod over the Nets. But they extrapolate, they probably win the next year, too. So your Sacramento Kings are two-time NBA champions.
0: They go back-to-back?
1: Back? <laughs> yes, yes, I, yes. I don't know about that. I know, but that was the premise. What
0: if? I'm totally with you on they would have won the championship. if they. I remember watching a game thinking if they go up 3-1, and there are a lot of teams that have come back from 3-1 to win. I mean, there's a list of them, but the list gets way shorter. There are only two or three teams, I think, that have come back from 3-1 when they had to play two games on the road. You know, one road game and two home, yes, it can be done. It's hard, but uh, I really thought, you, were, you know, the Kings would have won the title. You're right, they would have been heavy favorites over the, in, in the NBA Finals, without question. But so wow
1: that, yeah. and that, and that was fun, just a yeah, sure, they're going to win two titles. They're a dynasty, the South Carolina Kings, right? <laughs> but the whole premise of the show, what if? And then they go into Popovich, and that 99-year, uh, the lockout uh, deal, Mm-hmm. And they won the title, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I, if I remember correctly, they started the season six and eight, and they were saying Popovich was in jeopardy of losing his job at that point, but Avery Johnson was on a team bus. And they, when the bus came to its uh, destination, he kicked off everybody who wasn't a player. You know, everybody who the medical staff and you know the broadcasters, whoever's on the bus, get off. We're having a team meeting. And so from that point on, they went like 18 and five or something. And then they really took off. And I think they they beat the Knicks in the the final that year. I I can't remember, but I think it was them. And so they were saying that, boy, if Popovich would have been fired, well, if Popovich would have been fired, this is how far they extrapolated. The Spurs would have been Las Vegas. Wait a minute. The Spurs would have they would have moved to Vegas. Yeah, because apparently they were in jeopardy of they weren't really making it in San Antonio yeah. uh, as, as much, and they they wouldn't have five titles if Avery doesn't call that meeting. And I think they started six and eight that that yeah. particular year. Oh
0: yeah, I get all I get all that point. And I even get that they moved, but Vegas. Well, huh. You, why not? Interesting.
1: Vegas is the hot destination. All of a
0: sudden, it wasn't well, back then. Well, right, but back then, I think they would have ended up somewhere like you know Louisville. Basketball hotbed had an ABA team. Immediate rival with the Pacers. Maybe they. said I think they might
1: have even have said Louisville. That's a good call by you. I think they might even have said yeah. that. Now that I'm recalling it, but you know they wouldn't have had the dynasty, and then all these other coaches: Brown, Bludenholzer, two Browns actually, Mike Brown, and uh, all these other guys: Quinn Snyder. Well, yeah, on and on. Right. Uh, Dennis n- none of those guys would have been able to have been uh, basically mentored by Popovich, and then they wouldn't have come through that chain, and then they wouldn't have been NBA coaches. And who knows? They probably would have been homeless, all those guys. I mean, if you're <laughs> going to uh, sh- extrapolate it all the way out. I thought It was fun because, to me, it bordered on a little bit of ridiculous but the whole premise is you know what if so it was something new for me i hadn't seen it i don't know if it was taped it's been recycled but for me it was first what if i mean you could every franchise every you could go down the little league practically and everybody can say what if and they had steve kerr and he was sitting there in a, in a warrior's t-shirt, so it's obvious it's a current situation, and he's talking about that one particular game where they came back from the houston rockets they were down and they won the ball game and that set them up where they went on that great streak and he was saying if they would have lost that game that could have changed everything but they won that game and so you could do that we could go through with the jazz and play what if we could probably play it a hundred times over and i think any team that you follow you can say what if this would have happened. What if that would have happened? And it could have changed the scope of everything. And so, in that way, and there's no way that you could say right or wrong. It's just opinion. But I think it's fun to do.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 1280, the Zone. All right, I got a good one for the Jazz next. We brought it up in <laughs> passing, but I, I think it's definitely plausible, and it's shocking. Okay. <laughs> what a tease! It's nice. shocking. We will get to that next. And it would have it would have changed the course of uh, our lives too, PK. We okay. would have been we would have been collateral damage. That's next. DJ and PK. It's 975 at twelve eighty the zone.